Welcome to the MetPro Method Podcast. I am your host, Crystal O'Keefe. And today I'm joined by MetPro founder, Angelo Poli. Angelo, thank you so much for your time today. Oh my gosh, thank you for having me, Crystal. Today, I want to talk about some amazing research that we've been working on, and I'm going to get to that, but I do want to address anybody that might be watching on our YouTube channel. Um, I uh, I have some bruising on my face. Uh, I, I look like I've been hit by a car. That's because I was, you know, this, oh, it happens. It happens to people. <laughs> oh my goodness. You are such a trooper for even being here today and being upright. I am so happy to be alive like really i'm just like hey uh and and i feel really good especially compared to last week so um you know it's it's i just want people to know who might be watching i am okay (laughs) Wow. and so to dive right into the episode we started a four-part mini series of the podcast last week and uh it was talking about research that metpro has done that we want to share with all of our listeners in the first episode we talked about what that research was and we did a deep dive on the findings on calorie restriction but today we're going to take a little time and we're going to talk about carbohydrate restriction so angelo i'm going to turn it over to you what does the research say about it all right well just recapping from last time the research says calorie restriction is a viable method of body fat reduction no big surprises there What does it say about carbohydrates? So I'm just going to read clips from the article and we'll just do some commentary on it. The benefits and drawbacks associated with carbohydrate restriction have been well documented over the last couple decades. And it has. There's an abundance of research, clinical studies, try all kinds of different research that has been done in controlled settings on this topic. So what do we learn? Uh, Carbohydrate restriction results in faster initial weight loss and may help stabilize appetite and reduce sugar cravings. That's essentially what the body, if you were to get the one sentence cliff notes, that's what we come out with. And I can attest that that's accurate in what we've observed here at MetPro. However, now here's the asterisk that's going to go on every modality. There is no one silver bullet. There is no one solution for everything. When accounting for water balance and increased sensitivity to carbohydrates, the longer term benefits of carb restriction become less clear. So it is very stark when it's just real short term. We're talking a matter of days. Now, when you go to longer term, that's where it becomes a little bit tougher to tell the difference because there's some conflicting evidence. Hmm. The longer term benefits become less clear and increased carbohydrate sensitivity can be a trigger leading to yo-yo dieting. So what does that mean? (laughs) Oh, I've definitely seen that. Can you spell out what that means, though, for people who may not be familiar with that phrase? So that's the scenario where you've been following a eating plan, whether it's clean eating, low calorie, low carb, and then you just plow into a weekend and you go out with the girlfriends, you go out with the guys and you have (laughs) chips and burritos and the whole nine yards. And then all of a sudden Monday, you wake up, your weight's up. And so now you start being more restrictive and you turn into this nearly starving yourself for a few days and then overeating for a few days, not eating for a few days. That is a very destructive 
but easy pattern to fall into. Everyone, to a lesser or greater degree, falls into it. Yeah. And so that's where you have to be a little bit discerning when it comes to carbohydrate restriction. So let's get into the science. Let's get into the studies. In one randomized study comparing very low carbohydrate diets with calorie restricted diets, researchers demonstrated that restricting carbohydrates resulted in greater weight loss than calorie restriction alone. Full stop. Makes sense. There you have it. So is there validity into researching it, considering it? Absolutely. And we've actually found many research articles with that overarching theme. But as as I did last time, you have to look at the body of research through the lens of application and what's relevant to really determine how this is going to apply to me. So here's what another study observed. It observed that reductions in food cravings within four weeks of a carbohydrate restricted diet, women experience greater reduction in sweet cravings within four weeks. And it was a little bit more pronounced for women than for men. So another feather in the cap of, hey, okay, there's validity to, to restricting carbohydrates. Now let's get the other side of the coin. In another study, significant differences between weight loss between high, so 45%, that's not really high carbohydrate, 45% of your diet, and low, 15%, mm. uh, they didn't see any differences. Yet another study in a short inpatient study. Now, carry in my book a little bit more weight because that's a very controlled setting. They're being given their food. They're usually in a hospital or clinic setting. So in, okay. in theory, everybody's playing by the same rules, if you will. That's it. That's going to be relevant in a moment here. Now, another study observed that a more controlled uh, setting, it resulted in more body fat loss with dietary fat restriction even though total weight loss was greater in the reduced carb group. So here's, this is a study that basically, it was a shorter term study, two groups, inpatient, they were given their food, one group was low fat, the other group was restricted carbohydrates. Now the carb restricted group at short term is almost always going to show a greater weight loss on the scale, but that's because of some dehydration, glycogen depletion results in water loss. That's not necessarily long-term weight loss, right. that's water balance. When they corrected for that, the water balance equation, what they found is that the fat reduction group, at least in this study, actually lost a tad more body fat. Huh. Interesting. Yeah. Right? Another study, a similar outcome was observed in a study comparing carbohydrate restricted and fat reduced groups. Of the two, the carbohydrate restricted group experienced greater total weight loss. Again, that water balance. The reduced fat group experienced less adaptation to carbohydrate and fat restriction and had a little greater fat loss than the carbohydrate reduced group. So was this a one-off study? No, there's more studies basically saying the same thing. So how can that be? Right. Because that seems to be some conflicting data, right? Sure does, yeah. So if we look at it through the lens of what's going on behind the scenes, why is it now in a clinical setting 
the results seem to be a little bit more parity, whereas in more of an outpatient setting, a user identifies, here's what I ate, it's showing greater weight loss with the carb restriction. So this is outside the scope of the research, so I'm giving my opinion on this, but you'll have to listen and see if it has the ring of truth to you. Watching thousands of people diet over the years, I can tell you that scenarios where you just give somebody broad rules, okay, you're just going to cut carbs. Rules of engagement are a little easier for that person to wrap their head around. So compliance might be higher. I'm just presenting a hypothesis here. If I say, now, what you're going to do is you're going to follow a routine where you're eating, you know, 230 grams of carbohydrates and you're having this many grams of fat and it's, you could try your best, but the reality is there's going to be a large delta without having a game plan and an actually built meal plans provided for you and right. how building those meals. If you're just left to your own devices, that's very hard to accomplish. Heck yeah, <laughs> yeah, it is. <laughs> that's the number one thing we've learned at MetPro, which is why we, you know, all of the tools are, are to help people provide that. Otherwise, you're going to spend hours in the grocery store reading labels. You need some tools that make that easy. Definitely. So what's happening is in the self-reported data groups, it is likely that there's more straying from the plan when somebody is just following a reduced calorie, some's coming from carbs, some's coming from fats. You're probably getting a little bit less reliable data. That said, it is clear that carbohydrate restriction has an impact. So, should we implement carbohydrate restriction? Well, there's one more factor to consider. Okay. Athletics, fitness. So, in our next session, we're going to see the staggering data that is in favor of all the reasons why fitness should be part of your ongoing weight maintenance body composition routine. So will carbohydrate restrictions support that? And the answer is it depends. So here's what another study observed. Another study compared obesity treatments using carbohydrate containing and carbohydrate restricted hypocaloric diets. So in this study, this was very low calorie intake on both. One was also low carb. One was high carb, but both of them were very low calorie. Researchers observed a significant decrease in endurance during cycle exercise at approximately 75% VO2 max in the carbohydrate-restricted group that was not observed in the low-calorie group. Pre-exercise muscle glycogen did not change significantly in the low-calorie group, but decreased by approximately 50% in the carbohydrate-restricted group. Yeah. The results indicate that adding significant carbohydrate restriction to a hypocaloric diet impairs performance. So there's the rub. If energy is being limited and we drastically decrease, so kind of in layman's terms here, if we drastically decrease glycogen stores, carbohydrates, 
what's going to happen is your athletic performance is, is going to suffer. It's not going to support your best exercise, either energy or performance. They actually did uh, muscle biopsies here and found a 50% reduction of fuel inside the muscles. So it's something that we have to be wary of. So what does this all mean? So here's the bullets. First, carbohydrate restriction results in greater total weight loss than calorie restriction alone. So we, we wouldn't simply dismiss it. Okay. Second, the difference between total weight loss with carbohydrate restriction compared to calorie restriction is dominantly water balance when you look long term. When you go, okay, what's the result at six months, a year out? The delta is usually just water composition um, when you carry it out over time. Though appetite is subjective, carbohydrate restriction does correlate positively to appetite control in most studies. And I would add to that 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 passes the sniff test in our experience, right? Working with people, we find actually uh, in MetPro, when we take someone just entering a metabolic revving cycle, Mm -hmm. or actually gradually increasing carbohydrates during a revving cycle, that's when the appetite actually goes up the fastest. So that passes the sniff test. That seems accurate. Carbohydrate restriction may result in more adaptation to carbohydrate restriction than calorie restriction alone. This is the crux of the conversation when it comes to application. What does that mean? It means that when somebody restricts carbohydrates, their body becomes more sensitive to carbohydrates than if they were just cutting calories. Now, last time we read the research on adaptive thermogenesis. That applies to any form of restriction, whether you're doing carb restriction, calorie restriction, any form of restriction. But you get an extra sting with carbohydrate restriction, and that is your body becomes sensitive to carbohydrates. Now, is that right? Does that does that pass the the test? Does that seem logical? Uh, yeah, it does B- because of the glycogen stores, right? So anybody has experienced this. Let's say you're cutting calories, you're just eating cleaner, you're watching what you eat, and then you have a weekend off and you eat a little too much, but you gain a little bit of weight. Yeah. But it's nothing compared to anyone who's been on a low-carb diet and has gone two weeks with very little carbohydrates, and then they're on vacation for the weekend. The weight just comes flying back on. So that's where that carbohydrate sensitivity comes in. So degree matters, but this is where you can't separate the behaviors from the science. Let me give a little further comments on that, but I want to read the last bullet before that. Okay. The last bullet is carbohydrate restriction of significant magnitude results in decreased muscle glycogen and may impair athletic performance that may impair is a little bit of a watering down the truth is it will impair if it's of sufficient magnitude sure (laughs) so when i have this conversation with somebody who's just asking well what do you think should i go weight watchers or should i go keto am i cutting calories or am i because you have the proponents on one side or the other here is what the body of evidence indicates they're both relevant science The carb restriction has 
some short-term benefits, but some hefty short-term consequences. So I usually will ask the person, are they the type of person that sticks with something really consistent without even minor deviations for extended periods of time? Because if not, (laughs) you're going to get all the carb sensitivity and very little of the benefit. Which is why it never works for me. (laughs) (laughs) Well, that's the challenge. Mm -hmm. So then people ask, well, in MetPro, do you not do carb restriction? No, we do carb restriction. We do not apply extremes. You're never going to be on 10 grams of carbs with MetPro. It's going to be very moderate, of course, um, but we implement carb restriction, but we do it in a systematic way where we're going to have a hierarchy. So what's our hierarchy? Well, we could do a whole we could do a whole lecture on this, but the, the bullets is number one toleration. So it's worth saying this that there's a greater percentage of the population that are going to be intolerant of carbohydrate restriction than there is simply calorie restriction. In fact, there's a lot of people that you cut out carbs, they're going to feel awful. Mm -hmm. And there are some people that are fine. There are some people that are fine, but that's the first thing we would have to look at. Second thing, at what point is it impacting your athletic performance, your recovery, your ability to exercise consistently. And if we're even dancing on that, it's a no-go. It's a no-fly zone because we have learned long-term statistically the best outcome is going to be any diet application within the framework of regular exercise. Even if that regular exercise is for you, taking the dogs for a walk around the block, wherever you're starting, there has to be some regular, consistent exercise. You're always going to have a better long-term outcome. So we don't want to cross that threshold where we're borrowing from Peter to pay Paul and we're damaging our ability to exercise to get more extreme here. Third, are we making progress? Here's a little insight that most people don't recognize. How come, Angelo, your team is coaching my friend and she's not eating a whole lot of carbs and I'm eating a lot of carbs? Um, What's the difference? Well, the difference is we have assessed while watching your metabolic rate that you're making progress without needing to cut more carbohydrates. So we can always hold that kind of the ace in the hole, so to speak, if we need to. We're not having to trigger that carbohydrate sensitivity. As soon as we trigger that, then when you do have a real life weekend where things aren't perfect, when it will happen, your body's not going to be in such a sensitive state. So that's the hierarchy. So what we look at is toleration, athletic progress, and then our levers are we're going to use a combination of carbohydrate restriction and calorie restriction, and we're going to blend that together nice and in a nice tidy way instead of relying all on one or all on the other. And then finally, periodization, where we're going to trigger and say, okay, you've been restricting carbs long enough. We're not going to continue to do that because your body is no longer giving it up. Right. We need to change something. So that's where we go through um, cycles. And so here's what our data has shown. We did um, an analysis, a retrospective analysis, and this was a, a large database of clients. 
A retrospective analysis included a population of 112 overweight and obese males, 29 to 69 years of age, with a BMI of greater than 30. So this is this is going to be people that have some weight to lose. Mm-hmm. Uh, average weight for this uh, came out to 245.71 pounds for, for the males in this uh, retrospective analysis. Participants were coached in the MetPro multidisciplinary approach for over a year. To qualify for the analysis, they had to be actively engaged, data tracking for at least a year. Comparisons were made at six months at one year relative to the program's start date. Now, here was the results. At six months, the average weight loss was 23.4 pounds, approximately 10% body weight. Um, at the end of the year, now here's the part that matters because you can get caught up in total body weight. Right. So, you're always going to find a research study that shows this is the, the total. We know what the fastest weight loss is. And, and the year is, is about the time that people start to regain. So that's, what, that's why a year is such an, a, an important data point too, right? About actually, it's about the the three to five month mark. Oh, okay. Okay. So if you look at the arc of most long term weight loss studies, you're going to see that the initial ten to twelve weeks is usually what's called the weight loss period. Now, depending on how the research is structured, it could be three four months, but typically. That you're going to see the greatest weight loss at around the three, four month mark, maybe a little longer, but definitely months six through 12. That's the time period where now how much does the person regain? That's the difference. That's where the data on carbohydrate restriction doesn't always look as pretty. Right. So here's what we found. They lost approximately 10% of their body weight in the first six months. At the end of the year, average weight loss percentage remained consistent. Wow. So they were able to keep that off. Now, this isn't, oh, you know, we've figured out some magic combination of these three foods. I'm sorry to disappoint. Here's the the secret is they're working hard. Yeah. They are doing some exercise. They are consistent with food and clean eating. These are not people that are on some gimmick starvation program. These are not people who are only eating 20 grams of carbs the rest of their life. There are periods where we're being a little more restrictive, but we're cycling back around and keeping them on a much more athletically focused routine. And this is why you're seeing results like this. I mean, that's that's incredible, because if you look at last week, when we talked about calorie restriction. There were studies that said, hey, with just calorie restriction, you some studies said you could lose weight. Some said you were going to you were going to lose weight, but then you gained some back, said you didn't lose any at all. But and so the take home message for anyone is that it doesn't have to be an either or you can apply a multitude of disciplines when they're choreographed intelligently. There has to be a plan, there has to be a strategy and next steps. But the combination of some calorie manipulation and some carbohydrate control seem to work in our experience seem to work really, really well. Now, keep in mind, data and the research that I look at, this is really looking at successful trials. This is not talking about the, my next door neighbor went on this no carbs for two weeks. And then in those situations, the truth is 
more often than not, the person ends heavier than they began. And what they experience is one to two weeks of weight loss and then a month of weight gain. And they end up in this yo-yo scenario. But that can happen with any modality. And so, you know, if we're being fair, what we're contrasting is carbohydrate restriction versus calorie restriction and any modality you approach you have to be consistent with it you have to take an analytical strategic approach to here's how i'm going to implement this for my body but if you do you can get really good results so what I'm hearing is no magic bullet, lots of science, lots of hard work. Sorry to disappoint, no magic bullet. <laughs> but, but the research is there and it, it indicates basically it mirrors what we have found at MetPro. It all makes sense when you play it out. So stay away from the gimmicks, but there is good science in both carbohydrate restriction and calorie restriction. Well, Angelo, thank you so much for your time today. I look forward to having you back to talk about the size effects on body composition. That'll be part three. Listeners, that's all for this week. You can find all the MetPro Method episodes anywhere you get podcasts, or you can go to metpro.co slash podcast. Please be sure to follow the show and rate and review. That lets other people know what to expect. You can also learn more about MetPro at metpro.co. I'll be back next week. Until then, remember, consistency is key.